Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. I'm glad to, to be able to continue our Holy Week services. I've had a ball this week with our Holy Week services and speakers, and then we get to have lunch every day. I don't know. I'm getting spoiled. Andy and I were talking about we're, we're getting spoiled to having food here all the time and, and also getting our, our friends to come. So I'm glad that you're here. If you're worshiping my live stream today, welcome to you. I know a lot of folks are, and, and we're glad to have you with us today, too. We're in for a treat today. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to share our, our music and our speaker with you. I'm going to introduce them in just a minute. But first, we're going to pray. Will you join me? And gracious God, thank you for blessing us with this beautiful spring day and for the chance to walk today um, in our hearts and our minds where Jesus walked. This Maundy Thursday is uh, special. So as we prepare our hearts for remembering today and also prepare our hearts for receiving Holy Communion tonight, just help them to be open, our minds and our hearts, to be open to what you would say to us through the music, through the message, through the scripture, through the fellowship around the table afterwards. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to sing um, hymn number 496 today. This might not be the song that you think about singing on, um, on Monday, Thursday, but hey, we have an unconventional preacher today, so she picked an unconventional Monday, Thursday hymn. Will you stand and sing Sweet Hour Prayer?
Thank you. Please be seated. Before we go any further, I'd like to um, just kind of recognize a couple of folks that we have with us. Pastor Robert and Dolores from Center, Alabama, United Methodist Pastors. Uh, pastor Jan McCarver, retired United Methodist Pastor. Uh, who, long story short, but I would not know this uh, lady, Pastor Belinda Reeves from Discovery United Methodist Church, one of my bestest friends. I would not know her if it hadn't been for Jan McCarver. That's how I met Belinda. So anyway, if you want to know more about that story, sit at our table and lunch uh, after the service today and we'll, we'll fill you in on all those details. But um, I'm glad to introduce to you someone, uh, a new friend, Sydney Day, uh, who's our soprano soloist today. She will be singing a beautiful song, I Walk Today Where Jesus Walked. I'm looking forward to that. And afterwards, uh, Belinda Reeves, pastor at Discovery United Methodist Church, will be our speaker for today. And uh, don't forget, we have lunch afterwards. So thank you.
tell you I'm not often uh, nervous or jittery when I preach but being in this beautiful place and parking right there with the sign that this is the spot where the North Alabama conference uh, had its beginnings that's it's pretty substantial. I serve a church in Hoover that is just celebrating its 30th birthday so very a very different place with none of the beautiful stained glass, a very contemporary space. And so it felt good to have the hymnal in my hands and to be in this place. So I thank uh, Sammy for having me today and I thank you. Um, do we remember where we were three years ago this week? Three years ago this week was Lent, Holy Week of, right around three years ago, Holy Week of 2020. And on Good Friday of that Holy Week, I stood in a 70s era radio station outside of Pell City in a soundproof room with shag carpeting stapled to the walls and the ceiling, a Pac-Man machine in the corner, a cameraman and all the radio mics there so that I could bring the Good Friday message to Pell City's community, which does a similar traditional thing in churches like yours and theirs on Holy Week. I had seen a meme on Facebook, you know, one of those little sayings on Facebook, if you don't do Facebook, and it said, this is surely the lentiest Lent that ever Lented, because we were experiencing the beginnings of pandemic. And I found my journal from that Holy Week, and it was, it was nothing, I wish I hadn't found it, I wish I hadn't read it, the anxiety the uncertainty, the fear that struck us three years ago that was so different from anything that we had ever experienced, most of us in our lives. Now, some of you are a little bit older and you've experienced other harrowing things that maybe I haven't, but it was a Lenti Lent. But three years later, I think we have a season, we have lived in a season, especially those who are United Methodist, uh, that rival that Lent. This might just be the first runner up for the Lentiest Lent that ever Lented um, because of what we've been through with all the stages of pandemic, of of un political unrest, threats to persons' uh, civil rights, threats to persons' constitutional rights, um, 
war in Ukraine and the strife that has visited our beloved denomination. Today, I diverge from the usual Maundy Thursday text. Uh, you're going to do that tonight, so you won't miss that piece where we memorialize the Last Supper. But I want to be in the Gospel of John today because it was in Lent of 2020 that this Gospel comforted me in a way that it never had before. And I experienced an exercise of holy listening, something we call Lexio Divina, on the text of John chapter 17. So just to situate that chapter for you in John's gospel, Jesus has begun his final discourse. We know that Jesus talks a lot in John's gospel much less than in the other Gospels. And while the Holy Week, what we think of as the Holy Week text in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, culminate on Thursday around that Last Supper table, it does that in a very different way in John's Gospel. Jesus has his last discourse, his last teaching, his last time of being with his disciples there at the supper. But I think the high point comes at a different point uh, than what we get in the other three Gospels, at least for me. Uh, I saw something different in Lent of 2020 with this text. And so I'm going to invite you to relax your bodies, put your feet on the floor, take a deep breath, and close your eyes as I read selections of John chapter 17. And what I'd like you to do as I read is to listen deeply, to allow the Holy Spirit to help you notice words or phrases that hook you. Uh, People hundreds of years ago, the instruction was to look for the words and phrases that shimmer or shine that stand out to you. So in a spirit of prayer, let's hear from the Gospel of John. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son can glorify you. You gave him authority over everyone so that he could give eternal life to everyone you gave him. This is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I shared with you before the world was created. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know 
that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me and they received them. They truly understood that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. Everything that is mine is yours and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name, the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. Now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I'm in the world so that they can completely share in my joy. I gave your word to them, and the world hated them because they don't belong to this world just as I don't belong to this world. I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. I made myself holy on their behalf so that they also would be made holy. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they also will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. Righteous Father, even the world didn't know you, but I've known you, and these believers know that you sent me. I've made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that your love for me will be in them and I myself will be in them. This is the word of God for all the people and we say thanks be to God. So I don't know if you heard, I'll, I'll ask you, how about this? How do y'all do with audience participation? What, I just want a word or a phrase, no explanation, popcorn, anybody care to share the word or phrase that shimmered for you as I read this text? Out of this world, thank you. Anybody else? Okay, I'm sure you heard many. There were lots in there, even though I left out lots of, lots of other good parts, and I commend this text to you along with the whole final discourse as you prepare yourself for Easter. When I reflected on this text that Lent in 2020, I saw things I'd never noticed before. I heard Jesus praying 
for me. For me. Imagine being there at the Last Supper as his disciples, and he's been trying to bring you along and help you understand what's about to happen, and there are all manner of feelings in that room, feelings we've felt before, especially in these last three, uh, three years, feelings of fear, confusion, betrayal, just lack of understanding, no clarity, and they're there at the table, and Jesus has been teaching them. There are chapters of his teaching at the table, teachings that the church has held dear for these 2,000 years since that first Holy Week. And then he goes to praying we know Jesus prayed. That's all over the Gospels. He would go to the wilderness alone to pray. We didn't get to hear those words in those prayers in the way that we hear his words here. We know that when the disciples, the, one of the things that they asked of him was to teach them to pray, and we have that prayer that we remember week in and week out as we gather for worship. We know Jesus prayed. But imagine being one of those disciples as you hear your teacher and your Lord who has told you that the end is near for him and he prays for you. His famous last words, if you would have it, were not just another teaching, not a reiteration of what the great commandment is, not the commission, but a prayer for you, a prayer in which he narrates to the Father. He remembers his whole life's ministry and he claims that work already complete before he goes to the cross. He prays for the believers then and he prays, did you catch it? For all of the ones who will believe because of their word, because of their witness, because of their testimony. He was praying for us. He said his work was complete and there on the eve of his death, he counts it all joy. I would say that often, in, this, in the season of Lent, and particularly in the season of Holy Week, we forget that the work has already been done for us. And we are busy all during Lent sometimes with good intentions, but missing the point because we are striving to be worthy, to be sorry enough, to be repentant enough, so that we can deserve the blessings of God enough. And yet that's not our call. What Jesus is asking of us, what God wants of us, is to, if we're gonna work harder at something, to work harder at surrendering to the reality that God began at creation with Jesus at his side when we were created in the image of God with infinite potential for goodness, for love, 
always striving to be able to surrender to that potential. And instead, we've gotten it confused. And some of our recent pain and suffering is over that confusion. And I'm not pointing to one side or the other, but to all of us who have turned God's project into which group of us is the most right and which is the most wrong. Instead of all of us together acknowledging that which Jesus lived and taught and sacrificed for, which is the reality that is the only reality, is that we are already one in him and we refuse to accept it. We fight it. No matter who we are, it's our human nature. And we are following a worldview that tells us that we have rights and privileges and we forget that what we really have is responsibility as beloved children of God, created in God's own image and then given a flesh and blood savior who showed us by emptying himself of all the things of the world, who showed us what it is like to joyfully surrender to God's project. That we might all be made one. So on this day, as we remember that last night, as you receive communion tonight, I did this in, in Pell City when I preached a similar text. As you receive the bread and the cup, as you, as you receive the broken body of our Lord and the shed blood of our Lord, might the words in your head be the blessing that Jesus has prayed for you and for us, and that our charge this holy week and forevermore is to live in the reality that we are one. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the witness of your word which is ever living and ever shining a light on who you are and who you are calling us to be. And we pray that as we move through the final days of this most holy week, that we would remember that Jesus has done the work for us already and that all we have to do is say yes Lord I will surrender to your will and to your way I will surrender my life into the reality 
that I am created in your image and every other person that I will ever encounter is too. God, help us to see your light in each other and help us to live as if we are one. We thank you in the name of our Lord and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Belinda. Um, I want to uh, remind you, as as we have some of our, our servers that are that are kind of getting ahead of us here, join us for lunch. If you are um, just here for the first time, we'll go out these doors. There's elevator on the right and stairwell on the left. Go up to the second floor in the gathering room. Lunch is five dollars, or um, we're having sub sandwiches, and I don't know what all today. And I know for dessert, we're having our traditional Holy Week ice cream sandwiches for dessert. I always count on that. Um, but thank you for breaking the bread of life for us, Belinda. And thank you, Sydney, wherever you are, for that beautiful song. Will you join me as we pray? I'm going to say the blessing now so that when we go out, we can just jump, jump right in. Lord, um, thank you for the word that has been um, sown in our hearts today. Help us to hold that fast and that your word might find good ground inside of us. Uh, bless our fellowship together. Bless the food that has been prepared for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.